Hello and welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. This is episode four. I'm extremely excited today to have a brother in the Lord on today, Pastor Jason Skills. How you doing, brother? Doing good. Thank you for having me on today. Doing good. Me and me and Pastor Jason are actually from um, the same hometown, uh, Shelbyville, Tennessee. Um, I grew up yeah. there. Um, that, that's my home. Uh, I actually went to school with Pastor Jason's uh, sister. I grew up in school with your sister who had actually passed tragically. What year yeah. was that again? 2009. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we grew up in the same town um, and I'm excited to have him on the show today. I think we're going to tough uh, tackle some some tough topics today, um, but I think there are some things that need to be said and some things to sit down and have a, a conversation with. Uh, you know, a kingdom conversation with, and you know, Pastor Jason, I've been watching you for the last couple of years. Um, we got to have lunch, uh, you know, uh, I guess it was yeah. about last year, and we sent our guys over to your um, marathon run that you put on yeah, every thank year. You for that. And, um, you know, I just, I've been watching you and keeping up with you, man, and I honor you and I, I respect you and respect your heart for the kingdom of God and, and for ministry. And uh, just excited to have you on today, brother. Yeah, glad to be on. Awesome, man. Um, so first thing I wanted to talk to you about, Pastor Jason, was um, recovery in the church. You know, um, here on this show, it's recovery to recovered. You know, we believe there is a road to recovery, um, but that it ends on a street called redeemed. You know, Jesus, uh, you know, the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation in Christ Jesus. He's been filled with the spirit of God. The heart of stone has been removed and it's been replaced with a heart of flesh. And so, you know, we believe in that recovery process, um, but we believe that a, a individual through Christ can become recovered, not that they'll become perfect or that they've just arrived and there's not any more work to do. Of course, that's not what we're saying. But, you know, uh, secular rehabilitations teach that once you're an addict, you're always an addict. And, mm. you know, you're going to have to micromanage your, your sin, basically, for the rest of your life. And um, we believe um, through Christ that we're dead to sin. So, um, you know, I just wanted to talk a little bit about you with recovery and the church. You know, you are on the board of Renew Life Ministries, basically like a big brother program to us. Brother Derek Faulkner was a mentor of yeah, mine. Phenomenal who, guy. Yeah, who tragically passed a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, uh, and I know you're on their board and you've been supporting them for years and they come to your yeah. church. And so do you mind to just talk about recovery in the church? What is the, the, the church's role in these recovery programs that are faith-based? You know, I, I, you, we're talking about addiction and recovery, and I'm here at the church today, and we're painting, and one of the guys that's painting with me, I grew up with him in church, and he struggled with the drug addiction, and when he got hooked on drugs, he almost, I don't know if he was kicked out, but he was out of the church. Wow. So for him, when he came back, he felt like, and he was made to feel like he had to be completely clean everything's straightened up and then he's going to come and give his heart back to the Lord mm -hmm. versus I'm ready to make a change. I'm coming back to church and you guys are going to walk me through the process, mm -hmm. the good days, the ugly days and the bad days. And I think that's how a lot of us, some people can approach salvation of Christianity, but I think the deliverance process for addiction is just like uh, Amazon when they're delivering these packages to your door, there's a from and there's a to. Amen. Yeah. And I think a lot of us know where we need to come from, but you got to define where you're going to. Wow. That's good. Because if you don't define your two, any package that doesn't get picked up, they send it back to the sender. 
Mm. So that's why you always in these repeat cycles because you haven't defined your purpose. I wasn't created to be an addict. What right. is this keeping me from? What is it that I'm put here to do that being addicted is robbing me to robbing me of? So when I find that purpose, I have a two now and the road from my from to my two is where the church helps a person get there because you have something to live for. You have a reason to fight and you have grace and the power of God to help you get there. Um, so I believe that's the church's process to help people. But you think about this, okay, look, when people are on fire for God, um, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and we talk right. about fire Amen. for God. Yeah, they on. got <laughs> saved and radically. They can always tell you where they came from. Mm -hmm. And for years, when you ask them, God delivered me from drugs, 20 years later, and their testimony, I'm still delivered from drugs. That's good, but if you don't define where you're going, you're constantly going to be defined by your struggle or struggle mm -hmm. with that thing. Wow. So you got to, I think the, the role of the church is to have a person figure out where they're going in life, their purpose, so that, yeah, you may have problems, but you know you're, where you're going somewhere. And you said something a minute ago about the world defines it as you're always an addict. But I think I love that about church. Um, what I love about God, he changes your identity. Yes. And yeah. you become a child of God. You may have the same struggle, but I call it saints with sinners problems. You're mm -hmm. not a sinner anymore. Right. You may have the same struggle that you had, but that's not your identity. Yes. You've got power to overcome it now. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. You know, you you said so many things that I that I just want to touch on. But uh, yeah, sorry, that, that, that no, no, you're good, man. That that was that was incredible. You know, that whole identity thing is what what really changed things within me. When I began to realize, hold up, wait a minute. The Bible says that I'm a child of God. The Bible says that he's for me. He's not against me. You know, the Bible calls me his son. The Bible calls me redeemed. The Bible speaks of this identity thing. And when you hold on to your past, you know, I, I can't stand a testimony that will spend, you know, 10 minutes on their past and then spend yeah. one minute on the glory of God and what yeah. Jesus has done. You know, um, so many people still even though they've been delivered and all those things, the, when they talk, you couldn't tell which part is their identity in. Is yeah. it found in Jesus Christ or is it found still in your, your past and your, your mistakes? You said one other word that I want to touch on and then we can uh, move forward a little bit unless yeah. you have anything else to, to jump on with. But that word deliverance to me, you mentioned about being delivered. That is uh, just a huge part of what we do at be the Bush recovery ministries, Miriam house, renewed life ministries, um, and the church as a whole, the person coming into our church who is not saved needs to be delivered from something, whether yeah. it's drug and alcohol addiction, the way they treat their wife or their children, or um, they're, they're full of pride, whatever it is that the person is dealing with, deliverance has to happen so that the Holy Spirit can get in and those other things can get out. And, you know, I think that's just a huge part of the faith-based recovery community mm. that we deal with. And we see that most people just don't understand, you know, oh, well, you're just teaching people Jesus and hoping that they, you know, change their life. Well, somebody has to be delivered from all of their junk, all of their, their, their past lifestyles before they can yes. really move on and be filled with the Holy ghost and, and move on with their life and, and walk in that new identity. You know, it's hard to walk in a new identity that you don't even know that you have. Yeah. Um, so that's I ask people all the time, uh, Caleb, uh, they say, well, I, particularly who overcome things. And sometimes people struggle with hearing the voice of God. I want to try it on you what I do. And hopefully we don't podcast. I want to look crazy doing this. <laughs> but I ask people all the time. I ask them, who are you? So mm -hmm. if I said, Caleb, who are you? And I want you to listen deep inside of you. 
and there's a still small voice that you'll hear telling you who you are. Mm. Who are you? I am a child of God. At the end of the day, Romans 8, 16 says his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. A lot of people, when they've been through stuff, they would say, I'm an overcomer. I'm a black man. I'm a white man. I'm a strong. Those are adjectives. But yeah. your spirit tells you who you are. That's your identity. And yeah. that's what you build on right there. You know, it, it's so funny you just did that because when, when you said, wait for the, that voice that's deep down on the inside of you, because you, you want to hear the, the first couple yeah. of things that came into my head yeah. was title, you know, a, yeah. a pastor, a teacher, director of a program. But that's not at the core of who, no. that's not who we are. No. Wow, that was powerful. Thank you for that, man. That yeah. was powerful. Um, so uh, last week, you know, I talked about um, the episode three is called Carriers of the Kingdom. And, yeah. you know, I talked about how we um, as Christians and believers are called to be carriers of the kingdom of God. Jesus says, don't look here. Don't look there. The kingdom is on the inside of you. And, and we, we discussed that and talked about that. And, um, you know, when you talk about a kingdom, the king of England did not move to the Americas and the 13 colonies um, when he was in charge of them. What he did was he sent people who had his customs, his power, his influence, his culture, all of those things over to the Americas. And he ruled for I don't know how many years or how long. But that's what Jesus has done. Jesus yeah. has said, my prayer, he teaches the disciples how to pray. He says, my prayer is that the kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. And then Jesus yeah. later says, the kingdom's on the inside of you. And so I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because, you know, I, I, I preached that message last week on the podcast and then I jump on social media. And the first thing I see is a post from you that says kingdom over culture. And man, that struck me and the Holy Ghost said, it's time to get him on the show. So you mind to uh, elaborate on that a little bit for us today? Yeah. My cultural experience or expression is that of an African-American man. I'm mm -hmm. 43 years old and I've been living for 43 years here in the United States of America as an African-American man. Um, I've experienced racism. I've experienced prejudice. I've experienced, and I'm not a victim. Um, I've sure. experienced all the things just during this whole um, thing with uh, George Floyd at a, a Caucasian pastor tell me, cause I, we were talking about patriotism and other stuff. And he said, I'm going to tell you the problem with, um, African-Americans. He said, it's probably going to offend you. I said, but look, tell me, tell me. And he said, you guys have bought into the lie that we don't want you here, but you'll take everything we give you. Mm. And in that moment, I had a chance to be offended because that's very strong words. <laughs> yeah. uh, I wanted to flex my muscle. I have two degrees. I've made a decent living for myself. I'm full-time minister now. I took a pay cut to be a full-time ministry. Right. I've never been on uh, any social uh, welfare program or anything like that. I have both for themselves. So I've never asked for a handout for anything. And I had a, I could have did all the things and told him that. But in that moment, the Lord said, don't you take that route. You yeah. got to choose kingdom over culture. Come on. My citizenship is in heaven. Yes. My flesh was offended. And he took me to Moses. Uh, and he's, I saw this burning bush and I saw Moses in front of it. And he said, do you know how Moses got there? He said, Moses, I taught him two ways. In Genesis chapter two, Moses' Hebrew roots were exposed and he saw an Egyptian treating his brother wrong and he killed the Egyptian. Mm -hmm. He responded in his flesh or his culture in Genesis 2. 2. Right. In Genesis 3, he had an encounter with God. Come he on. told him, 
I am who I am is sending you. He said, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And he taught him how to walk out his passion in kingdom versus culture. And in this time, in order for the kingdom of God to be manifest, it's not going to be manifest in our flesh. There's no power in my skin. Me being black, you being white, there's no power in that. Power is in the kingdom of God. And that's what unites me and you as brothers in the Lord. And that's why you choose kingdom over culture. Wow. Powerful, powerful. You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned um, Exodus chapter three. You know, that's where our whole ministry was was born out of. That's the name. It is the name. Of it. Yeah. it is the name of it. Yeah. It's Be the Bush Ministries. You know, I got tired of hearing oh old, old pastors. Well, I wish God talked through a burning bush again, brother. Maybe somebody listen. Well, why don't you be the bush? Why don't you have an encounter with Almighty God and let Him uh, change you? Let Him influence you. Let that kingdom, that experience get on the inside of you so that you can reproduce what he would have to reproduce in the earth. Man, can I say something else on that? Yeah, please. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about God wasn't telling Moses not to be angry or not to have passion. Sure. He was trying to channel it in the right direction. Think about our cultural expression. If you're, if you're angry or you feel some way about something, you liable to sleep on it. You can self-medicate, which is where addiction comes from. And you, you forget what you're feeling about. Mm-hmm. But the passion that God said, Moses, is really driving you is something that cannot be consumed like this burning bush. Mm. When God calls you to something, the kingdom cannot be squelched. Yeah. It's not something you can sleep off. It's not anything you can't get high enough. You can't get depressed enough to get rid of it. Come the on. kingdom of God, once it's in you, God said, I want to show you how to express it, to liberate my people and to break oppressive systems. That's yeah, what the man. kingdom of God looks like. Yeah, man, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. You know, the, uh, you know, once he had that experience, it was over the king. Once you have that kingdom experience and things shift in your mind, your heart and your spirit, you're never the same. I think everybody has to have that undeniable experience with God. Yeah. You have to have that because that changes you. It does. It does, man. That's, that's powerful and incredible. Um, so, so one of the, uh, another thing I wanted to talk to you about too, um, is how, you know, you are balancing, and I know this will be, um, you know, probably, um, not tough for you to talk about, but it'll be tough for some people to listen to, yeah. you know, cause we were, we were talking about this before we jumped on, but you at one time had, and you still do, but it was on a higher and a greater yep. scale of a multicultural, multi-ethnic church that was what heaven looked like. You know, that's what I, that's the best way I can describe yeah multicultural, multi-ethnic churches, you know, that's what heaven looks like. You know, some of these people that don't understand that, I feel terrible for them. Um, Every tribe, every tongue, and every nation will be around God's throne singing his praises uh, for the rest of eternity. And so um, do you mind to talk about that for just a little bit? Uh, Maybe some things that took place and and just share your heart on that? Yeah, I'll share my heart. Um, when I was 16 years old, I was, I played basketball and I thought I was gonna be a D one basketball player. Amen. And, Me but too, bro. Basketball. Yeah. That, but that's really how I found the Lord. And, um, mm-hmm. I lived off Northcutt drive and there's, um, what was it? I can't force Hill apartments was down the road from us. Yep. And I would go down there and at 16 and 17, the Lord would talk to me about leading, um, a diverse church and breaking the back of racism and poverty in this area, yeah. um, as, as a teenager. Wow. And I moved away. And when I came back, that dream was alive to pastor diverse church. So we've always attracted people. It's always been majority black or African-American, 
but we've always had a good mix and we were doing really well with that mix. Now it creates attention um, mm -hmm. when you're doing that. And I'll tell you why I think why here in a minute, but when the election happened, uh, man, our members who were Caucasian and blacks were arguing on Facebook about uh, Republicans and Democrats who's going to hell. I can't believe that you're a Christian and some people, they voted Democrat. If you don't vote for Donald Trump, you're not going to have, I mean, it was that divisive. And then I had several white families leave. And one of them said, I feel white. When I walk in here, I was like, you are white. Um, and I said, I feel black everywhere I go. But man, it became so divided. We were doing fine as long as we focused on the kingdom. Right. And when we started to focus on political, they started to focus on political stuff. And they wanted me to get up in the pulpit and take a stand on telling people who to vote for it. I don't do that. Right. That's not the place of the church. Sure. Uh, to do that. We preach the kingdom and you vote right. based off that, but that, that's not what we do. Um, so man, we had a great falling away there, but Caleb since this, and I want you to think about something. 85% of Rutherford County is Caucasian. 15% mm. is minority. Wow. Seven to 8% of that minority is African Americans. So everywhere I go, whether it be a restaurant, school, whatever I go, I'm a minority. Mm -hmm. Now I'm asking people who are Caucasian, who are used to being the majority to come and have a minority experience. And you never had that before. So wow. the music's going to sound different. Things are going to be different. You're going to look around. They, they kid around with, uh, there's a book called why are all the black people sitting at the same table, lunch table. I think mm -hmm. it was the name of the book. Yeah. You'd be surprised. All the white people at our church found each other and they would sit together when we had fellowships and social things and in church. People gravitate toward what they're comfortable wow. with. So I was asking people who had an, a, min, a majority experience to come experience being a minority, and it was difficult. Wow. I'm not saying it was just purely their fault, because a lot sure. of it is things we didn't think about. Because traditionally for African-Americans, the church was the place that we, it was ours. Right. And now I'm asking you to share our experience with people who don't look like us. So it right. was tough, and it still yeah. is. But that's still my heart. Um, I wanted to give up, but God wouldn't let me. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. I think uh, it's so important that our communities um, have those churches and I will stand in agreement with you and believe that, that God will um, restore what the enemy used divisive things yeah. to, um, to, to try to try to pull it down because man, I, I just really do. I believe that it's an important type of thing. And you know, it's what you had mentioned a second ago about, you said, and it, it might not really even be their faults. It's just this thing. It's man. It's so crazy. I've been watching and trying to educate myself on, um, you know, th this whole thing that we're dealing with in our country, um, of racism and, and systematic racism and where this stuff was born out of, when did it begin? How is all, how are we here? That's really where I'm at. I, I I'm just, I'm blown away with some of the things that I'm still seeing, some of the things that I'm still yeah. hearing. And I'm just like, how are we still here? Uh, you know, it, it just, it just it baffles is. me and it breaks my heart. You know, in my time this morning with the Lord, I just wept over the whole situation of, of how are we still here? And I, I'm still, I'm just a firm believer that what will shift this thing in our country is the church being the church. Yeah. I believe that what will shift this thing in our country is the the people of the kingdom being the people of the kingdom. Yeah. Uh, I, I want you to talk on it a little bit. I talked on it on my show last week, but po political views and politics and patriotism, I said it last week, it has become an idol in America. 
it has become an idol. Can you mention or talk about that briefly? Yeah, and I, and when I say this, I'm not trying to be offensive because I love America. I do too. I, here's the reason yeah. I love America, is that I can cook a hamburger, and decide it's a good hamburger, and I can go get a Big Mac and say, you know what, I make big better Big Macs than McDonald's, and I can go get me a business license and start a store, start a, a restaurant. Not many other nations or countries can you go do that. There are yeah. freedoms and liberties I have. It's capitalism. Yeah. Capitalism. See how it is. I like it. Um, <laughs> I don't like greed, but I like the sure. opportunity. No, I know what you're but saying. I, but I think the challenge is with the church is that we have a cross in one hand and a flag in the other. Mm. And we are equating um, Christianity with our the Constitution. And there are two hot topics in the church. And I, I, I promise I'm not trying to be offensive when I say this. Um, gay marriage and abortion. Sure. And those are the things that people vote on. And that's what separates a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people are not pro-life. They're pro-birth because they, they argue for an unborn child in the womb. But when he gets here, when he's going through addiction, whether police brutality or they're sitting being uh, neglected in a nursing home, you got to have the same passion from the womb to the tomb. Mm -hmm. And so I think we cloud a lot of things with patriotism and Christianity when the reality is America was not founded when the Bible was written. Right. The Bible is what we are uh, founded on. If I'll go further, people argue gay marriage. Um, I don't agree with homosexuality. I don't think they, what they do is not marriage, but if we're so pro marriage, I think we ought to ban divorce. <laughs> right. And the people who are arguing for marriage have been married two and three times. Yeah. Yeah. If you're so pro marriage, I think you ought to invest in it. And I'm, that may be a far-fetched thing, yeah. uh, but it's true. Um, but I think our citizenship is in heaven and I, I don't yeah. mean to ramble there. No, and I no. think we, we, we cloud the thing up and I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud to live in yeah. the United States, but God loves Canada. He loves yeah. Israel. He loves Africa. Right. He doesn't right. just love the United States and we can't have this elitism. We have to have a biblical worldview. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Thank you for, for touching on that. You know, um, it's, a it's a tough thing for some people to, to swallow, but my goodness, we've got to have a kingdom mindset before we have a, you know, like you said, I was talking about last week, we're citizens of heaven before you're a citizen of the United States of America. Yeah. I mean, how do we not see that when we open our word and we read the word of God and we, we study the word of God and we spend time in prayer. This isn't, you know, about, um, you know, politics. This is about extending the kingdom um, from heaven into the earth so that the earth can look more like heaven. Exactly. Uh, that was, that was God's goal the whole time. You know, Jesus had many assignments when he came to the earth. And one of them was to bring the culture and the customs of heaven into the earth. He sent yeah. Holy spirit on the inside of us so that we can make that happen. Um, yeah. So thank you for that. Pastor Jason. Um, oh, what's that? Can I say something real quick? Yes, real quick please. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I'm thinking back to that time when our church got divided, and uh, I made a statement on this. Uh, I don't make very many political statements, but I made a statement from the pulpit. Um, the slogan was make America great again. And for a lot of African-Americans, that statement doesn't jive too well. And it's not that I don't want America to be great. But when you say again, you ask the person, what are you referring to? A time when families had values and they would they talk about those times. And then I, I look back and say, you do know people like me couldn't walk in the front doors during that time. Right. Could not right. vote. 
Yeah. Uh, we were still being calling boy and mm-hmm. other derogative words during that time. I think a make America great. I mean, for everybody, or I don't know how to say it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just think there's certain things that divide us that are really, we don't see things differently. I think it's just how it's said that divide mm-hmm. us when the kingdom of God really could bring us together because we all want the same thing. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think uh, the kingdom of God is the bridge, right? It is the it, bridge. It, the, the kingdom is the bridge to to get us past our differences and, you know, that the diversity of the world. I think that's what makes uh, um, it's such a beautiful thing. You know, I, I it's bothered me over the last couple of years to hear people. Well, I don't see color. Well, then that doesn't mean that means you don't see God's intelligent, yeah. beautiful creation yeah. um, and his diversity and the way that he does things. Um, you know, like I, I, I got on that soapbox, I think the other day on Facebook, but you know, no. we, we've, we got to embrace, um, diversity and yeah, I have been educated myself on yeah. what you just said, you know, um, when it comes to America's America has a grimy, ugly past. Yeah. And, and, and when you make a statement like that, you can make people think that, what are we, what are we going to go backwards yeah. now? when we've been going forward. So, um, and I never seen it like that until all of this has come loose and I begin to educate myself on some of these things, you know, because if the the simple statement of America being great, sure, we all live here. Of course we would want that. But when you add the again there, you know, it can, it can be uh, confusing and divisive. And 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 I don't think the intent is to be that. Right. Honestly, Caleb, I think guys like you, God has put the answer to what we're dealing with in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the answer is another rally or protest. I don't even think the answer is in history. Mm-hmm. When we look at America, uh, we do have a grimy past. Slavery and racism are ugly oh, thing. Yeah. But our future is bright, and it's in the hands of guys like yours. The answer is in relationships. Come on, You have connections with people who don't look like you. So you actually have an experience, whereas a lot of people are speaking data, stats, and theory. Mm-hmm. But you know people who are Hispanic, Black, and you can sit at a table and you know an actual person versus a, you see their skin color. And that's where right. the answer is. It's sure. not in history. It's his story, God's story, right. through his son Jesus that's going to unite us together. So, man, you're on the right track with what you're doing. Keep doing this to manifest the kingdom, and you're going to see real change happen because you bring people together. Amen. And I received that. Thank you, brother. Thank you. You know, you you said that one word and it's going to get us into our last topic. I know we could go for all day, brother. Um, I've got ministry assignments as do you, but um, you said that word relationships, um, you know, about this, this being one of the bridges as well, that relationships uh, can help change this thing. Now you just wrote a book called social ish and it's about relationships. Do you mind to uh, touch on that for with us for a little bit? No, I don't mind at all. In this era of social distancing, I released a book called Social Ish because you don't have to physically touch to get the most out of a relationship. Every God-ordained relationship has benefits loaded into it. Mm-hmm. And you have to know how to fellowship to get those or engage to get those uh, benefits. And what Satan hates is for people to actually engage in relationships. He wants us to be divided. He wants us to be offended and all those different things like that. But God said, I want you to get uh, benefits out of every relationship. Think about this. In um, Matthew, I can't remember where it is. He said, he that comes to a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Mm -hmm. He that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. 
I don't think that scripture was so much about righteous men and prophets as it was about identifying who a person is, receiving them for who they are, and you'll get the benefit of that person. Wow. Oh, I had a guy cute. come up to me and he said, hey, man, I know you're my pastor, but man, I'm looking for a buddy. I said, man, I, that's fine. I have buddies all day long. But I said, the benefit of a pastor ain't going to come from a buddy. Right. Yeah. I said, you have to relate to me as a pastor to receive the benefits of a pastor. I have mm -hmm. a father and he's not my best friend. He's my father. Right, I don't want the right. benefit of a, a best friend. Yeah. It's about recognizing who a person is. And even in your feelings, when you don't want to uh, engage with a person the way they should, the Bible says, pray for those who despitefully use you. Why? Because I'm engaging according to who you are, because there's a benefit, even with my enemies. Joseph said it. You meant it for evil, but God mm. turned it around for my good because he treated them the way they should be treated. He still got the benefit from God. And that's what being yeah. social issues about learning how to engage in every relationship, regardless of what happens or how you feel. Wow. Yeah, man, that's that's incredible. Y'all go get the book. It's out on Amazon. Yeah. Pastor Jason Scales social ish you can find it on amazon is there any other platforms that you have that on right, right now, now it's just on amazon Jam so yeah amazon's nation or worldwide so they can get yeah. it anywhere you're listening to you can go on amazon and uh just touching on that briefly you know in my prayer time i had a mentor tell me this a, a couple of weeks ago and he said that he's really been praying into this and now i've begun to pray into this and i said god connect me with the right relationships yeah. god connect me with the people that excel or more knowledgeable in areas where I am weak so that I can glean off of them. You know, we just got donated 27 acres at our property. We're yeah. looking at a 27 acre property for our ministry um, to build more housing out there to begin to help more people. And, you know, I'm like, God, connect me with the right relation. I'm not a builder. I'm not a construction guy. But God, if you've given me this piece of property, connect me with the right people. Connect me with the right people when it comes to finances. Connect me with the right political people yeah. that can make this happen. Because, you know, there's a big fuss and nobody wants us out there and all of these things. So yeah. we're dealing with the small town politics now as well. But I'm like, God, connect me with the right relationships. One last thing, you know, you had mentioned it. Um, uh, but you know, I believe things that are going on in this, in the natural is a reflection of some things that are going on in the spiritual. Mm -hmm. You talked about Satan trying to social dis get the, get us disconnected, get us not close in proximity where each other, where we can feed off of each other, where we can encourage each other. Um, you know, and this whole thing with, I am not denying that there is any kind of sickness or that there is a pandemic or that this thing isn't real because, because it is. Um, but I believe the enemy is trying to muzzle us. Look at when you go in Walmart and all these different places, it's a picture of what's going on in the spiritual, what's going on in the natural. The enemy wants to muzzle us. The enemy wants to keep us separated where we cannot connect in relationship. And, um, I'm just believing for the Lord to come in and, deliver us from uh this season that we're in right now i, I know it's uh it's been tough um but i am ready 2020 has been a heck of a year um yeah. pastor jason but uh i know the lord is gonna gonna deliver us um soon and we're gonna move forward and we're gonna be I better think this, for it. Uh, what we're doing now is uh you and i are not in the same room right now but we're connected in the spirit amen i think those who aren't creative or innovative in this season are struggling mm-hmm our, yeah. our ministry just received one of the biggest donations we've ever received from a person who's never walked in our building, but because they heard us over the airwaves. Come on, man. We can't let anything around us. Now, I believe God is a healer. Now, we rebuke COVID. 
uh, it's Amen. a destructive pattern. But I think it's pulling on the innovation and the creativity of yeah. the church. Yeah. Uh, to do creative things to touch the world. And I think you are a front runner. You're a leader of that. And I think we, we open our eyes to what God can do in that. I may not physically touch you, but even though the word says, he said he sent his word and healed them. I don't have to physically yeah. be in yeah, the same space. Yeah. That make any sense? Yeah. Amen. No, I, yeah, yeah. I definitely received that. Our, our youth pastor preached yesterday, Pastor Sam Curtis. I'm going to have him on the show soon. But he said the devil should have left us alone. Yes. And, you know, he has poked a bear and like what you talked about with our church, our church and our social media, we ramped up and doing um, the Internet services and everything. We've reached more people there than we've go. ever reached. And what the enemy meant for evil, God is turning around on his head for good. Um, so, man, I think I think we'll end it there, yeah. Pastor Jason, man. That, yeah. That's incredible, man. Uh I thank you for coming on to the show. Thank and, you for having and, me. And, and I hope I didn't say heart. anything offensive. And if anybody listens, oh. I've never meant to be offensive. It's just um, just sharing my heart when it comes to kingdom. I believe God wants us all together, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Amen. everybody. He wants us to reflect the kingdom. Amen, brother. Yeah. And uh, no, you didn't say anything offensive. You said some things that I believe some folks need to hear and we all need to, we need to listen. You know, I know that's one thing I'm wrapping it up here, but that's one thing that I told you before we got on the on the show today, I, I want to listen. I want to learn. I want to um, understand what it is that people are feeling. And when my black brothers and sisters are hurting, I am to to hurt with them. I am to um, rejoice with my brother and sister, but I am to weep with my brother and sister if they're going through anything. And, and that's what we're called to do in the kingdom. Amen. And so amen, uh, amen and amen. Pastor Jason. All right, thank scales, you Thank you for coming on the show today. If you enjoyed what you heard today on the Recovery to Recovered podcast, please like and subscribe and rate our show. We will see you guys next week. Thanks.